Good morning. Good morning. It's wonderful to see so many friendly faces and folks that I haven't seen in a while. We at First Baptist welcome each and every one of you today. Service is a celebration of lives well lived. We will celebrate them together. There are good ships, there are wood ships, ships that sail the sea, but the best ships are friendships. May they always be. If you want to follow along in your bulletin, there's some announcements. You can listen to the sermons on, and there's a website there that you can follow along. There's weekly Bible studies on Wednesdays at three o'clock in the fellowship hall. If you are interested in church membership or baptism, please contact Pastor Mike. And today, our fifth Sunday missions, donations during the fifth Sunday go to the local missions and they're listed in your bulletin. And if you would like to go to a special mission, then you can note it on your uh, donation. Now, if you'd like to stand and sing hymn number 182, and I believe it'll be on the screen. Spirit of God, descend upon my heart.
now for the Old Testament readings from Joshua 4, 19 through 24. The people came out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month, and they encamped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, when your children ask your fathers in time to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know. Israel passed over the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over. As the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the mighty, the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord, your God forever. And then the New Testament reading is from the book of Matthew, verse five, or chapter five, verses three through 12, known as the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the poor, are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for the righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you in utter words all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And then the epistle reading is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And now if you'd like to join me responsively, which is found in your bulletin to the call of work, call to worship. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray together, Lord God, by the grace we are running a race. We are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. 
patriarchs and matriarchs, prophets and psalmists, disciples and evangelists, martyrs and saints. We thank you for their example. We praise you for their lives of faith. For all your saints, O Lord, who strove in you to live, who follows, obeyed, adored you, our grateful hymn we sing. Lord, great, Lord God, by your grace, we are running a race. We are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. Loved ones now resting in you, who guided us, nurtured and cared for us, ancestors who work and traveled, lived and died, that we might be who we are, where we are, your precious children in this community of believers. We thank you for their example. We praise you for their lives of faith. For all your saints, O Lord, who strove in you to die, who counted you their great reward, accept our thankful cry. Lord God, by your grace, we are running a race. We are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. Family members and members of this congregation, fellow believers in every country, every denomination, friends who help guide and uplift us, children of your family, sheep of your fold, saints of your redeeming. We thank you for their example. We praise you for their lives of faith. For this, your name we bless and humbly pray anew that we love like them in this may live and die in you. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. Looking to Christ, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Amen. And if you'd like to join us now in singing hymn number 303, I love to tell the story.
will now have the presentation of past members and friends of First Baptist. Good morning. Uh, we want to thank you, each and every one of you, uh, for taking the effort and making the effort to join us this morning. Uh, this is a day to celebrate uh, the lives uh, of those who have gone on before us. Uh, each of us, in some way, have fond memories uh, of the people that we're commemorating today. And um, we want to thank uh, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, for touching each of their lives and touching your lives and bringing us together uh, uh, to celebrate um, how it is that the Holy Spirit has moved in, in their lives and in our lives and it continues uh, to... Uh, lift up uh, the name of Jesus Christ in our midst. Uh, we often talk about the church as a community. In our Western individualized society, it's sometimes hard to realize just how interrelated we are with other people. And yet our lives are intertwined with the lives of others in ways that we are sometimes unaware whether we like to admit it or not, we are social creatures. We also sometimes like to think that we are who we are because we have worked hard to make ourselves this way. That is, unless it is something that we do not like about ourselves, and then it is obviously due to those traumatic experiences of childhood. Yet if we are honest, much, as, much of what we are as human beings, we owe to other people. Especially in the church, most of us have fathers and mothers in the faith. Sometimes those are our own parents. Sometimes they are people who loved us and were patient with us when we were bratty teenagers. Some were teachers, pastors, youth ministers, Sunday school teachers who, in small or large ways, helped us grow and nurtured us in life and in the faith. We all stand in a larger community than just those who are around us daily. For those who are older, many of those people who shaped our spiritual journeys are gone now. But this is the time of year, the time near All Saints Day, that the church calls us to remember our father and mothers in the faith. We are truly surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, the church and its people across the centuries that were faithful to God and to us. And we gather today to uh, name and honor uh, those that have gone on before us. This is a time of recognizing and honoring those who have passed on before us.
Good morning. It's nice to see everyone. Um, several lay members of the church have prepared um, remembrances, and I would like to um, uh, call them forward now if they'd like to come and share. Um, as they do, um, the families are welcome to make additional comments, and we welcome your comments, your memories. Um, this, is, this is your opportunity. And then when we're done um, with each individual, uh, we will light a candle. When we're done? Yeah. I'm Linda Gwynn. I speak for Ralph Quincy. Ralph Quincy became a member of First Baptist on January 1st, 1964. He was a member of this church for over 55 years. Ralph used the gift of encouraging by sending his children to Sunday school and vacation Bible school to teach them about Jesus. When he was young, he sang in the children's choir. His grandparents were Pastor Harold Quincy and Pastor Maud Quincy, who served as ministers in our church. Ralph's family was always the focus of his life. He also helped others repair things around their homes and did not charge them for his time or his knowledge. He knows the Lord and looked forward to his days in heaven. Anna, would you and Jim? Candle for Ralph Quincy is lit by Donna Quinn and Jim Gwynn. And Jim Gwynn. <laughs> the next one is for Bessie Burdick. Is her daughter Patty here? No. Yes. I have a little reading and then you could light one in the back, Patty. Thank you. Bessie Burdick became a member of our church on Christmas Eve in 2006. She and her husband Robert were baptized in their home by Pastor Susan Polizzi and members of the diaconate. Her husband, her children, and her job at the school cafeteria were a main focus of her energies. When Bob passed and she retired, there was a huge void in her life. Bessie filled this by serving with the women of the church. She cooked or provided food for friendly service meals. She helped by supporting our chicken and biscuit dinners. She gave many of the angels that you see around the church from those she had collected over the years.
The next is for Lawrence Larry Shaw. Lawrence Larry Shaw. I knew him as Larry, <laughs> Marcia's husband. Larry Shaw was a friend of First Baptist Church. He attended church faithfully with his wife while she was serving as our organist over the last 14 years. When I first met Larry, he was a very quiet guy, but when I found out he was a farmer, we always had something to talk about. Then I got to know him in an even deeper way when I called on him and Marcia to give people rides to their doctor's appointments. It didn't matter how far they needed to go, he was always willing to take them. He put thousands of miles on his car each year, taking some of the poorest, crankiest, sick people for cancer treatments or doctor visits. He never let them down. He lived his faith by showing mercy to so many. One lady's condition was so severe she should have gone by ambulance, but she was afraid to be in one. And Larry was the only one who could take her <laughs> and help her into a wheelchair so she could get the medical help she needed. I know she was eternally grateful for his heart to serve others. It was a privilege for me to call him friend. I didn't give you time if there was any one of the three families that wanted to say anything else. Sandy? Regarding waiting, I thought that's what we're supposed to do. <laughs> um, I would invite the family of Nita McIntyre. You might notice Juanita, but I never knew by Juanita. Her name was Nita. And this is her son-in-law and her son, Andy and Russell, who we've been friends for. Ever, I think. Nita was a friend of ours forever. She, we grew up with her family. Again, what a sweet lady. She, there was never a crossword expressed. Nita never had a car. Anything she ever wanted to do, she walked. So I thought she was going to be here forever. And Nita was always someone who was a pleasure to visit. And she loved Derek Jeter. 
guys could light the candles here. Or say something? Uh, sorry, I'm not very good at this, and my mother was very dear to me, but somebody asked me, why do you believe in God? I said, I believe in God because my mother told me there was a God, and she never lied to me, ever. So I know that. I hold that in my heart, and I know I'm always safe in this world, no matter what. And I teach my children that. I teach my grandchildren that that they're safe, and they always will be, even when the world doesn't look safe. But God bless my mother. <laughs> She's a wonderful woman. Yes. I sat back there because, right in front of this gentleman, because she sat right about there. And so excuse me if I'm a little emotional, but always I'm gonna talk to my mother. Thank you. And by the way, my brother-in-law, <laughs> I just had to say that when my mother was dying, he was there all the time. And that's why I'm so glad to see Auntie here today. He visited her all the time, took very good care of her when she was in a nursing home. And when I couldn't be there, Andy was there. So thank you, Andy. Another dear friend, Evelyn Griffin. If Paul would like to come forward. This is Evelyn's son. She was my mom's friend after my dad died. And I adopted her about 20 years ago. And I do miss her greatly. Again, what a sweet lady who deeply loved her family. Evelyn and I had some great conversations over the years during our many visits. She was my reading partner. We traded books for many years. It was very sad when she had to tell me that don't we can't trade books anymore because I'm going blind. My mother wouldn't be comfortable with me talking about her up here, but uh, she certainly didn't seek the limelight in any way. But as the scriptures say, train up a child in the way you should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. I rebelled a little bit when I got to college, but I remembered my roots. And my parents were very godly examples of what it means to follow God. And as she aged and as my father passed away and she went on by herself, she only continued to set such a great example for me. I miss them both greatly and I talk about them all the time to my kids. They were good people. <coughs>
are very happy to see so many here today. Uh, Priscilla, would you like to, well, when the time comes, or you're comfortable right there. Uh, I was assigned a couple of telephones. There, how's that? Better, better, better. Uh, how, how do you, in a few minutes, uh, describe a pil pillar of the church? Anime was a pillar of the church, really. Uh, she was here before most of us, and she was here long after uh, a lot of our wonderful members have passed on. But I want to tell you a few things about what she participated in. Uh, she was over 40 years the financial secretary of First Baptist Church. Hi, Donna. I hadn't spoken to you yet. Uh, she was a White Cross leader. Uh, what did White Cross do? Uh, they made bandages uh, to give out for people who needed them. And they raised money for missions. She also uh, gave many rides to many people. Uh, to camp for kids and for people who went to doctor's appointments. She led the friendly service. That's a dinner that's put on uh, at the time of the funeral to give sustenance, food, and a social time for the grieving family. She had a major role in what we call ABW, American Baptist Women's Group. And she was the leader of the famous chicken and biscuit dinners that the whole community knew about in this town and looked forward to. She started the Christmas Bazaar uh, at the request of one of our former pastors, Bud Masters. Uh, that was making affordable gifts for children to buy for a little bit of money to give to their loved ones. She was, before she got, well, while she was involved with First Baptist Church, she was the head cook at Perry Brown School. That's one of our elementary schools in Norwich. Can you imagine that responsibility to be, to have that many food critics <laughs> passing on your work? I have a son-in-law who is very involved with church. And uh, his grandfather, his father. And once he got to know a little bit about anime, this is a quote directly from my son-in-law, David. Every church needs an anime. Yes, that's so true. I was looking for something rather stylistically to say about anime. I found a poem. 
this poem is called One Great Lady, and it was written in 1999 by Charles Hill. There's six sections to it. But when I read this and found it, it sounds like anime very much. And I think you'll agree when I read this piece. The world has given to us great ladies from everywhere. Their contributions in life have filled the atmosphere. Painting and flags are remembered, and books and recipes too. So many gifts they've given freely to me and you. But the greatest gift of all great ladies are remembered for is love for life and children, just being there and more. One lady that stands out from all these others I know is my mother, one great lady, God's gift to earth below. She didn't write a book or fight in any war. She just labored every day <laughs> to give to me and more. My mother is in heaven, in perfect peace and rest. I love you, Mom. And this I say, you were and are the best. So would you like to say something else or? The only thing I want to say, my mother loved this church and her family. And I, sorry, I just can't say anything more. But thank you for, for the years of service and the love you gave her. Thank you again. Thank you. Joe Stewart. He was a trustee at First Baptist for many, many years. And he, being a physics teacher, he was also very good in math. So he, he prepared the spreadsheets for our annual meeting. And he was financial advisor to the Board of Trustees for a long time. He was known by his students as Joe Physics, how appropriate, because I, I was thinking about this and I said, I could be known as Gib Florist, but there's no ring to that. But Joe Physics, that hits it out of the park. He was always well prepared in anything that he did. In fact, I heard a story recently about Joe he was golfing with some folks and somebody hit the ball right into the water and you couldn't reach it with your hands or else you'd get soaked. 
But Joe, being well prepared, he had a device that he pulled out of his golf bag, and he fetched the ball right out of the water. And also, I was told that he brought a few other balls that wound up in that same <laughs> amount of water. Joe was a skiing instructor. Now that takes a lot of nerve, of which I've never had much. And he also instructed many, many people in the art of skiing. And in his retirement years, Joe, through ARP, I think most of us know what ARP is, uh, prepared taxes for the community. And he had a staff of people who helped him do it. No charge, no charge, no fees. So he was a very giving person and a, a real friend of everyone at First Baptist. Now I have a very short quotation that I thought Joe was primarily a teacher in his life. This one isn't from the Bible. It's from Benjamin Franklin. He said, tell me and I forget. Teach me and I remember. Involve me and I learn. So that's, I'll say it one more time. Tell me and I forget. Teach me and I remember. Involve me and I learn. Joe Stewart. Lisa, his daughter, is here. Oh. Yeah, and Kathy. Yeah. Yes. You can uh, say a few words if you wish. Or I just want to thank you for doing this for all of these lovely people. This was my family for the longest time and still is. I grew up in this church in so many places. You all are family and my dad felt that way about all of you. He loved this church. I remember when he and Doug painted in here. I think they had a few antics that they didn't tell many people about, but <laughs> I just want to say thank you. It's lovely to see and to be home. Do you want to say anything? I too want to tell you how much this church meant to Joe. Um, I am so grateful for him having all of you as family. Um, he really felt a part of this church for a very, very long time. And thank you.
So Betty Natoli. Betty Natoli was a member of this church for a long time and served it well for many, many years. Um, she was on the diaconate for board for many years. She also helped with the children's bazaar that was mentioned. And she would sometimes go out and buy extra things other than what was made for the children to buy when they came to shop for their Christmas gifts for their families. And most of those gifts, mind you, was for 25 cents is what the children would pay. And they would do their, their parents would bring them, but the parents would be having cookies and punch while the children went around the tables in the dining room and shopped for their Christmas gifts for their family, brothers and sisters, moms and dads. So that was a very special time. Betty and Betty Jackson Natoli and all her family were very generous to First Baptist Church. Um, they paid for the carpeting of the church. They donated in memory the candelabras and the kneeling bench. So they were always loved First Baptist Church and were so generous. And her niece is here to light the candle with her daughter, Emily. And would you like to say a few words before you? All of us knew Betty Natoli as Izzy. And she made sure all of the females in the family knew how to stand on their own two feet. And she has instilled that in myself, and it has transferred over to all of my girls. And she is very, very proud, I am sure, that Jenny has achieved being a pastor at CV Free Methodist Church. So Izzy, I didn't know this, because I talked to my mom, and I asked my mother, what should I say? And she said, you remember, your aunt was born in 1929. She became a member of this church at the age of 11. Dad said something. I mean, <laughs> this family has been a part of this church forever. And she was a Jackson. But hers and Tom Natoli's marriage was one that is for the record books and still is. And Tom Natoli still survives. He's 94, right? I think so. Yep. yep. And he made sure, he told me, he said that he may not be able to speak after her stroke, but she had her look, and I knew what I was supposed to do. And he made sure he got her up to Cape Cod. So she was at Cape Cod when she did die, even though she was at the Cape. Norwich was her home, and this church was her first church, and St. Bart's was her second. But even Father Festa knew she was First Baptist first. <laughs> I'm a little taller. <laughs> um, I said I wasn't going to cry. I miss her so much. 
So I had um, the privilege of bringing Izzy back out to the Cape. I'm sorry. <laughs> and that was really special. It was a long trip that normally when we go out to the Cape, it's only four and a half hours, but it took us about seven. And she may not have been able to talk as much, but we did have some good laughs, and that was really nice. She loved this church so much. And I remember growing up doing the Christmas Bazaar, um, and, her, and she loved Jesus so much, and she talked to me about him all the time. And, um, you know, a lot of my faith that I've installed in my children as well has come from her and my mom, obviously. But <sighs> she was such a special person. And anybody who had the privilege of knowing her, you would know that she is a special person. I named my oldest daughter. Her middle name is after Izzy. So whenever I say her full name, it makes me feel comfort knowing that Izzy's here with us and I have her coin. <laughs> but she really loved this church and she's just a wonderful person. So thank you for doing this and letting us remember her with all of you. No problem. I probably don't how to not. Each individual that we are remembering touched our lives in heartfelt ways. Here I go. <laughs> no matter where our journey of life leads us, the love and re friendship remains in our hearts always. These individuals, many, many blessings continue as to reach and um, they reach far and wide as you all can see and as pastors mentioned in the beginning. 
We give thanks God to God for each life. I don't know if this is the time, but to sidetrack a little about Anna Mae. She cared <laughs> for everyone, no matter where it was. Even up at the Gibson School, when one of the custodians got in a little bit of trouble, she was going to make sure that he didn't get into any more trouble and kind of locked him in the closet for a time being <laughs> and uh, made excuses for him. But her, her level of reaching out and caring is um, something to remember. Uh, I'd like to speak on behalf of Wayne Newkirk. Wayne was the loving son of two longtime members, Ben and Edwith, Edna Newkirk. He was a Navy man. He was a loving father of two children. He was a New York Giants fan. He was a neighbor and a friend. And we always saw him walking his two dogs, one big one and one small. So we remember Wayne Newkirk, who was baptized in 1964. Would you like the candle, please? For me, because I might not be able to do it. <laughs> I'm not sure I will. Is there anyone on Wayne's behalf? Russell is a relative. Uh, this was Andy Meg's wife, Patty, Russell's sister, and Wayne was her first husband. Correct, Russell? Yes. yes. <laughs> and the, the two children, Amy and Greg. You want to? I'm here to speak for Virginia Barrows. Uh, about eight years ago, I was visiting Virginia Reed, and she picked up her mail, and she had a card from Virginia Barrows. Um, <clears throat> at that time, I didn't even know where Virginia, Virginia Barrows was. I hadn't heard of her in years, but she was only about an hour from where we are in Florida. She was in Ocala, Florida, and so I sent her a letter told her who I was, tried to refresh her memory, and she sent back a letter and said, um, when you get to Florida, give me a call, here's my number, and I'd like to have you for dinner. She was 97 years old at the time. <clears throat> 
And so we went and visited, and at the time she gave us a set of glasses that had been given to her and Dan for their 50th anniversary. I don't like to use them, and I've only used them once. <laughs> but um, we maintained a friendship, and um, I think the last I spoke to her was like June or July of last year, and in, in May she had turned 105 years old. She lived on her own until she was 104, and then she had to go into a nursing home because she had fallen. But I had some wonderful memories, but every single time I talked to her, her first question was, how's Anna Mae? <clears throat> so um, it was a wonderful friendship, and I, I just feel so lucky that I was able to get back in touch with her and keep her informed, and her heart was always here at First Baptist. I'm here to tell you about my friends, Ken and Kathy Carney. Kathy was Graham Purdy's daughter. And anybody that's been a member of this church for any number of time, or any length of time, knew Graham Purdy. He was like a stalwart in this church. The one remembrance I've had of her dad, because we served on the diaconate together, or the deacons at the time, he always, when he served communion, always wanted to serve a different section of the church because he prayed for each member that he gave communion. For Kathy, it was never a question where he stood with Kathy. And I could relate some stories, but I won't. <laughs> it was appropriate to name them both together because they complimented each other in their marriage. Ken, he had a real gravelly voice. You knew when he was around. But he was very passive. There are friends for many years. There was four couples that went out about every three months for a long time. So when we were at the steakhouse and Kathy announced, well, you folks might forget things now and then, but she said, I've got a reason. She said, I have the first stages of Alzheimer's. Their kids went to, our, our, to school with our boys, and I still keep in contact with the daughter just to see how she's doing after both of her parents died within a few months of each other. 
Malcolm Edward Stalker, Sr., Father Michelle Brown. Malcolm and his wife, Linda, and family were participants here with First Baptist over the years. Uh, Malcolm worked at the Raymond Corporation and then later developed his own business. I'm here to remember Kevin Polinski, my friend Kevin. We met over 35 years ago when I was in New Berlin. Kevin had a very gentle soul. He loved Diane with all his heart. Kevin and Diane had so many plans until they didn't when Kevin got sick. He was a trooper through all the process of all his many treatments, but he had a wonderful caregiver called Diane. Betty Zinnerman. Betty was Barb Hills's mother. I visited Betty at their nursing home at Chenoweth Memorial Hospital, a very gracious lady. She truly enjoyed visits with Barb and Barb's reading the daily, um, the secret place devotional on a daily basis. Barb also was instrumental in doing uh, Bible studies with the residents at the home. I'd like to thank this congregation for the thoughts of my mother all those years in the nursing home. She so enjoyed having some company and I did do a Bible study that I think with Anna Mae and some other ladies in that Bible study, they taught me way more than I taught them, but they made me look things up and learn too. And my mom was a part of that study while she was very quiet. She was very, very appreciative of everything you've done for her. Thank you very much.
I'm honored to stand in for Phil Otto in memory of his wife. He's a member of this church. I'm lighting a candle in memory of his wife, Carolyn, who died October 2020 of COVID. His father, Paul, September 19, and his twin brother, Paul, September 13. A fond memory of Carolyn was her extreme enjoyment of the dollar store. She rarely, rarely forgot something for my grandson, but her apartment was full of dollar store things. She could be an enjoyable and funny person. His father, a gruff man with a deep love for Phil. Right to the end, when he was in a nursing home, he was always concerned about Phil when I would visit him. And his brother, I never really met him in person, but I heard many wonderful things about him and saw pictures of him and as children, him and Phil were identical. His name was Paul, in loving memory from Phil and myself. I'm Karen Whiteman, here to speak about Bee Moore. And I've known Bee since I was a young nurse, 1976. And uh, she was an LPN in recovery room, and I first met her, and kind of, I was nervous. I had to pick up a patient there, and she's like, she was so ready and happy and scurrying around, and big smile on her face and then a couple years later we ended up coming to this church so I knew her from that then too. She was always um, a happy person it seemed to me and she was very attentive to patients and their needs and she could just see what anyone needed. She was very positive thinking even though at times her physical problems were mounting greatly. And she had been through, uh, you know, she had lost her husband early and two daughters, and um, she, but she was such a positive, happy person, very interested in other people. And even during the pandemic, I would stop in to see her, and she said, oh, stay for a while. So I would stay and talk with her, and we'd go over things, and she's just very interested in other people, too. She reminds me of the song, and they'll know we are Christians by our love, because to me, she just was, you could see it right in her. I'm proud, I'm happy to call her my friend, a mentor, a colleague, a Christian to whom I look forward to re reuniting with in heaven. And here's her daughter and grandson.
I'd like to share on behalf of Isabel Breed Call. Um, she was a member of the 90 plus year old First Baptist group. She was a loving mother of Diane Breed and David Breed, a wonderful volunteer for many, many organs, organizations in the church and outside of the church. And she enjoyed square dancing. And as noted in the bulletin, 1950 is when she was here with us. Diane Breed, her daughter, was 1964, as noted in your program. She was the daughter of Isabel. She was a loving wife and a mother of four. She was a superb cook and gave cake de decorating um, classes and also had many of her cake decorating cakes and uh, directions published in a uh, magazine. Michael Van Pelt was a former student I had, graduated in 1991 from Norwich. He was a father of a son, Jonathan. He loved the outdoors and to travel, and he had a great smile. You want to help light the candle? I know I'm going to cry, and I'm sorry. This is for my nephew, Joshua Chase. In January of this year, he uh, killed himself. And he, uh, he'd had problems for a number of years with mental health. Um, one of the ways he tried to um, help himself and others was through Healing Waters, which is a uh, group for veterans who are suffering from PTSD. They uh, teach you how to tie ties and fly fish, and it's a very relaxing, um, helpful healing thing for somebody to learn. And when Josh um, lived up north near Albany, he was very active in that. And when he moved down to Florida, he also got involved with a chapter down there. Uh, he 
he was a very loving person. And as somebody who has suffered mental health problems, I think that um, we need to know that there is hope and there is help. And the devastation that is left behind to our families is something that we can never understand. I think that most people, when they get to that point in their lives, feel that they are a burden and that they are um, helping others by taking their life, and that is not the case. When I had my mental health problems, I came back to church, and um, I had been suffering for about three years. I had electric shock therapy um, daily. Um, I was very, very sick. And when I came back to church and I sang the hymns, um, I felt such a relief. And I knew that God was with me. And I knew that things would be better. And they are. And I just want to thank you because if it hadn't been for my faith and how I grew up in this church, I don't think that I would be here either. So thank you so much. Jim Drake was a good friend of First Baptist Church, and his history goes back to the third window back here. That was the memorial stained glass window in memory of his great-great-grandfather, James B. Drake. And when we went to restore this window a few years ago, Jim was a very active part of that. Uh, he was here when they were preparing it to take it out to be repaired by uh, Brennan stained glass windows. And then he was here to see it restored and put back. And it brought him such pleasure and the history that went along with that. And Jim made contributions to help have that window restored. Jim also and Lynn, they were very active with our Daily Bread Food Pantry and giving donations and produce from their vegetable garden. So Jim is well loved by the church and his family will come forward to light a candle. I would like to thank the congregation for opening up their doors so we could hold my husband's memorial service here. That was really appreciated since he died so unexpectedly. Most people who come and share stories with myself or my son 
mentioned two things. They mentioned his willingness to always reach out and help anybody who needed help, whether they asked for it or he saw a need, he was always 